so here we are in, in, uh, in Venice Beach, my dear friend, Kevin Vance, uh, Mark, meeting for the first time today. Kev uh, brought Mark through. Um, it's an honor that you're here. And, thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, man, thanks for being here. If you want to introduce yourself a little bit. Or yeah, kind of uh, talk well, about. John and I met a little over, right around 10 years ago. Um, and I was a military advisor uh, on the movie Fury. Um, that was a beautiful movie about World War II, and we shot that in England. Um, my background, um, I started off in the special operations community in the Navy, um, and then I went onto the government side out of DC, and, and for the last 10 years, um, I have been a firefighter in California in Orange County. We, we've shared so many wonderful conversations, uh, John, and I, I know where you're going with this podcast, and I thought it was too good of an oppor too good of an opportunity really to pass up that, uh, that we have Mark on with you to discuss the complexities of what it means to be a, uh, in law enforcement for as long as he has, what he's seen throughout his career, his leadership mindset, um, and his perspectives, most importantly, that people can listen to someone like Mark and take take stock of of someone who's been on the inside for a long time and and ultimately appreciate, you know, what he's done for for Los Angeles and uh, communities across the nation as he continues to serve and train people. Right on. And uh, Mark, you want to just kind of get tell us just a little bit about sort of uh, your 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 career and where, where you've been, what you've done. Yeah, I, I started, I came on early on, uh, I was 22. Um, I actually snuck into a, an LAPD written test when I was underage. Oh, really? It was like a couple of months from my birthday of being old enough, so it was in Van Nuys, I still remember it. Ultimately, I joined the Sheriff's Department at 22, spent uh, about eight plus years in patrol. I was a training officer. I went to the SWAT team for 10 years, and then um, I was an aide for the Sheriff. I drove the Sheriff of LA County for about two and a half years. Uh, and then I left there, promoted to sergeant, uh, went back to the field for a cup of coffee. And then I went to major crimes work in uh, surveillance and apprehension, uh, more of a plain close detective team than 30 years, three months. And, wow. uh, and it was time to move on. Currently, I'm, uh, I'm training cops. I've been training cops for the last 17 years uh, uh, outside of the country, in country, uh, so I've had an opportunity to meet uh, just great folks um, that, uh, that are undertrained, undervalued, underpaid in, in some ways, but, but go out there and they, uh, they strap it on and they want to do the right thing. As we'll talk, uh, I think we have a leadership issue that we need to really hone in on. I think that not only in our business, but in every as aspect of life. I mean, we individuals need to start standing up and being leaders. And, uh, so that's kind of been my quest. And then I, I met Kevin uh, on the set of a movie, Sabotage. And uh, him and I have collaborated and, and the, the, uh, the relationship has just grown. Uh, we don't get to see each other all the time because yeah. he's off uh, swimming with sharks and, yeah. you know, avoiding lions in the desert, <laughs> things like that. But, uh, but it is a great opportunity not only to sit down and, and, and talk to you, uh, not necessarily because you're an actor, John. That's really not uh, the reason why I'm here. It, it's more about, uh, you know, Kevin's uh, uh, thoughts on you and, and, and what you're trying to do and, 
and just we're three dudes having a conversation. Okay. It's really nothing more than that. That's it. And uh, if people can uh, take something away, one thing, it's a win. Yeah. Working in these environments and serving a higher cause, right? There's all these people from all these different walks of life that come to work under one banner to serve that higher purpose. And developing people, not just professionally, but personally, is I think it's very nuanced, right? You have to, it's not just about the strengths and weaknesses that we talked about earlier. Those are skill sets. Sure. Now, what is this young man or young woman who's 20, 21, what do they need? If it was only that easy. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 because yeah. the problem is, is that what he's talking about tra tra takes a tremendous amount of work. I mean, it is, it is, when you're, this is my opinion. When yeah. you're when you're an actual leader, you're on a fucking island by yourself. You really are. But it's really about uh, it's kind of an old saying. You got to lead yourself. That's it's right. It's 100% true. But you got to unpack all the all the baggage that you brought into your along the way. Wait, wait, what's an example? Would you say in your life as as a leader? Do you have an example of uh, of a decision you made or something that you handled that you think embodies good leadership? And do you have something that you regret or you feel like you went the wrong way on? Yeah, I think that I think we all have regrets. We look back and maybe things that we've done or were decisions we were made. But but rather than for me, it's not really specific to one situation. It's really a collective on how do I want to conduct myself? Because, you know, when you look in the mirror, uh, that reflection's either a lion to you That's right. or not. But everybody else knows who you are. You That's can't right. hide in our business. That's right. They know exactly who you are, uh, whether you're consistent in nature, how you deal with problems. Uh, is it all about you? Is it all about them? And if it's all about you, then you're going to be on that island by yourself. Mm -hmm. So you really—it's a—it's an investment in, in folks, uh, a really deep dive investment in yourself. But it's not really something you just bring to work or that you gain when you get promoted. You know, they send you off to some leadership school all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, I'm a brilliant guy. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's got to be who you are, and it takes a while to get there. You know, it took me 20, 25 years, honestly, to really go, okay, I, I think I have a pretty good idea of where I'm going. Uh, but it was challenging along the way because I had to unload some, uh, get rid of some of your own bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and all that stuff you bring to work yeah. every day, just like any other person. Sure. There's really no difference. Sure. Um, and the politics are in any business, as you know. Any business, <laughs> any business. And when, when you talk about the the sort of uh, plain clothes, plain clothes units. And when you talk about um, what's been sort of labeled as like sort of aggressive policing or, or you know, taking the fight to the criminals, I, I don't know how you would describe it or how you would look at it, but a lot of those units, like we talked about, are getting disbanded. Um, how necessary is that, are those units in, in, in fighting crime? I, I think they're necessary. I mean, there's, there's the reality in life that uh, that most of the public doesn't see when, when it comes to uh, to crime, organized crime, uh, just people that are out there, uh, you know, targeting citizens, right? Uh, you have to deal with them. And the reality is it's got to be aggressive. You can't go down that path passively. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to make it out there. Right. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you're, you're going to come to work tomorrow and you're going to die. Think about that. You're going to be dead protecting somebody you've never met. You showing up? I'll be there early. Because it's, it's, 
It's a commitment that you've made. I mean, you believe in your heart that you're willing to risk your life for somebody you've never met. And the person might not be the most upstanding citizen, sure. right? Sure. So, <clears throat> you know, you have to go out and you have to deal with those folks and you have to operate in a way that is respectful, but there's a game to be played on the street. And, and the ones that are in that game understand exactly what it is. And, you know, to, to have a passive approach and think that you're going to just ignore the problem, it's gonna go away, it's not gonna go away. But the other side of the coin that I want people to understand is you have a responsibility to the people that live in those communities, Absolutely. whatever their circumstances, it's not up for you to judge, but you got a responsibility to, to make their lives as, as best you can on that given day that you're out there working. Yep. And sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's getting nasty, it's getting dirty. Uh, and there is, a, there is a side, we talk about compassion, empathy, uh, being mindful, whatever that is, being aware of something, even if it's a circumstance. And sometimes your background helps you in that. And sometimes, uh, you know, maybe you come from a different side of town where you've never experienced that. And you're thrown into this environment and a lot of motherfuckers are scared out there. Straight up. They just, they just, they just are. Yeah. So it takes them a while and they think, you know, maybe leading with authority or yeah. being this authoritative a figure louder. Yeah. a little louder, yeah. but you know when I'm already at a 10, where am I going from here? That's right. So, but I also think that, that you can bring a presence uh, where people will recognize it and go, okay, um, this is the real deal standing in front of me. And the crooks know that. Yep. They, they know, they know they can size you up uh, pretty well. We, we read behavior, that's what we do, and that's what they do. They're reading ours as well. Um, but it's not a passive approach. When you look at the, the, the crime rates and the murder rates kind of soaring in cities all over the country, because you can't engage in the same way, because of these sort of, these, these flex units and these plainclothes units being sort of debilitated, it, it's, it, it's been told to me that that's sort of why these, these crime rates are increasing the way they are. Do, do you, would you, what's your take on that? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think one, I think a lot of the cops that I'm talking to across the country, they're confused. They don't know what to do, right? And without getting totally politicized about this is that, you know, there's, there's folks that are challenging uh, uh, how they do their job with respect to if they fuck up, we're gonna hang them. If they fuck up, I'm saying that they actually make a mistake. You know, they go into a problem with good faith, right intentions, and they make a mistake. That's right. Doesn't mean they're not held accountable. I mm -hmm. think they should be. But uh, a, a lot of folks are seeing, uh, you know, departments defunded. They're yeah. seeing uh, cops being uh, arrested for various crimes and whatnot. Bill of rights are being, I mean, officers. Bill of rights, uh, qualified immunity, it's all being challenged. Um, and that's taken a toll on folks where they're just driving around with their blinders on some of them. They don't want to engage. If we're responding and we're right of bang, meaning the explosions in the center, and we're always responding to the aftermath, yeah. that's not going to cut it. That's right. So these plainclothes units, uh, you know, give them the ability to blend into society. People aren't doing anything when the, a marked car is driving down the road, right? So, or they're conducting various investigations on these are career criminals, organized crime that's going on. This stuff's not reported in the media. It's not, it's not that sexy. Um, so it, it's, these groups are, are, are vastly needed. And we've seen the, the toll in New York, so to speak, right? Sure. With that, uh, there, there needs to be a balance. 
of, of, of this community-oriented policing, right? Getting out, talking to folks, and and then we also need to stay on the aggressive side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the reality of the job. I mean, I'd, I'd really love to talk to you guys sort of about the state of the the country right now and just sort of like how you feel things are and, and how things are going. But do you look at that as a pendulum? Like, do you look at that as like, okay, well, so now we're sort of pulling back and we're, you, you know, there was this, this huge move to kind of like defund or refund or however you want to look at it. Now crime rates are soaring. Do you feel like it's kind of swing back the other way? Or uh, like where- I, I have confidence that, you know, I, all of these overreactions, I think, are really um, a result of uh, a lack of emotional maturity, but also political survival. You know, unfortunately, a lot of politicians are going to react to a wave of heightened emotion. They they thrive off of it. That's what they run their campaigns off of, right? Throughout history, um, and and certainly when when there were some issues with bad apples and law enforcement. Um, I certainly looked at it like this is this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good for the morale of law enforcement agencies across the country. But certainly uh, politicians will sway to whatever is most popular at that time. It's going to be really bad for folks who live in high crime. And it's and it's opposed to standing their ground and and doing the right thing for society as a whole long term. You know, they're looking at reelections and those decisions are handed down to police chiefs and new policies you know, are, in, uh, you know, instilled into departments. So um, the failure, the failure of these policies uh, will come to fruition. And I'm for, I hope that it doesn't get ugly, but I know we're going to swim back because we just, we just have to have these conversations about real events and the reality of violence in society and what exists and what Mark's been up against his whole life. Um, and what you see, I, as a firefighter, I, you know, I, I go on plenty of calls every day, sometimes with law enforcement. I see how difficult it can be for them to navigate some of these issues. And I praise them for that. Absolutely. But I, I think we need to really highlight um, the difficulties of that job for our law enforcement officers so we can instill a little bit more respect from people who think the, the answers aren't simple. But until you understand one, one side of this argument, um, you, you don't have the solution. Going out on the street and saying defund the police is not a solution. You're just emotionally reacting to something, right? Like, let's talk about what the problem is and let's, let's address that. Right. Um, but, um, I mean, I defer to Mark, uh, obviously that's, that's his universe, but, uh, I, from the, from the, we always swing back and forth, right? Yeah. That's in time. Uh, we live in a great country. We live in a beautiful country, and uh, we're just living in a in a time of heightened emotions. And and I just think we got to draw back and and start paying paying attention to people who are on the ground, like Mark, who've spent their whole life Absolutely. doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how do you like? How did you guys meet? How do you guys know each other? How did we meet, Mark? I think the first time I met you, I was. Uh, I was on a, was it sabotage? I never met you on End of Watch. I feel like you guys were probably like fighting tigers with your bare hands. You <laughs> I think I, mean? I was, I was uh, putting on some costume. I was half naked. He walked in. Oh, there you go. Uh, That's my, more my speed. And you know, listen, when you when you have one apex spreader and another apex <laughs> spreader walks in, you, you kind of smell the energy changes. Gotcha. But uh, so that was our first meeting, but um, Yes, we met uh, on one of David Ayer's films. One, okay. So okay. D- David um, 
was was filming a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and asked me to participate in in the training. Um, you know, and this was certainly law enforcement, so um, I was a, a little reluctant. Some of the things pulled me away from that. One of one of my friends, unfortunately, was killed overseas. I pulled away, and and Mark had continued to train the group of actors to prepare for their roles. And um, in in the midst of all my traveling, I got to kind of link up with Mark and get to know Mark a little bit. And I, I think that my appreciation of mark was instantaneous yeah. um, there's just a brutal honesty uh, and an awareness um, but also he'll never admit it a huge heart you know a huge heart that genuinely cares about people and society um, that i think anybody can appreciate yeah 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 fuck off anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean li listen i mean I'm not here to stroke Kevin, but yeah, but you know I paired the same stuff. I mean, Kevin's just a. a, a I told folks when I talk about Kevin, you know, he's just a decent human being, yeah. right? And uh, one of the things that gravitates me towards Kevin is that we have uh, we have the kind of the same mindset when it comes to uh, as we move forward in our lives. Uh, I really believe surrounding yourself with the best people possible, and you take this journey together. We all work collaborative. To, to move each other forward and it's not uh, stepping on each other's necks and all this other bullshit sure. that goes into any industry that you work in. Yep. Uh, there's always politics involved. Um, you know, Kevin hit it on the head. I, I think the pendulum is gonna swing. I think people are starting to realize how important safety and security is. Sure. Um, the thing that I struggle with is there's a lot of people talking for people that live in these impoverished communities yep. that struggle with uh, economics and, and, and opportunity. And uh, I'd really like to see uh, policies that are put into place that actually help people wherever they are. Yep. Uh, and they're not just people of color. Of I've course. traveled this country and, and been to some very poor white towns. Of course. Uh, and, and not to diminish one side or the other, but it's just the reality. Sure. And I think if we, if we stop talking about what color the dude is or, or the guy sitting across from me is, because to be honest with you, most of us don't give a shit. That's right. We don't, we don't care what color you are. That's right. It's about, is this a decent human being? And you know, you and I talked a little bit uh, on sidebars that, you know, it's 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 not really freedom of speech that's at, uh, at the controversy or at the, at the core of, uh, I think, some of the issues. It's really our ability to listen, you know? We have to be able to sit down and have a, a dialogue, a conversation. And, and just really kind of just shut the fuck up for a minute and listen to what the person has to say. Um, my response is, are you afraid you're gonna learn something? Mm. How about that one, right? Mm. Mm. But I, I do see a pendulum swinging, but I also see it's an opportunity for, for our industry, uh, law enforcement community, we can always do better. Yep. And so that's what I've been pushing. I'm not saying that, uh, that there isn't some attention coming to law enforcement that is, is is really bullshit. I mean, there's a lot of hate out there, mm -hmm. but also there's there's some things that we need to do to put ourselves in a better position moving forward. Absolutely. Look, I mean, I think I think in anything, right? I mean, y y you know, it's like I, I you're confronted with you're confronted with any kind of adversity, and you can either sort of make an excuse, defend yourself, you know, defend the people around you, which 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 isn't 
you, you know, no judgment there, man. Like I get, it's a very human thing to do. Um, and it's a fine line, right? Because I, I often, th you, you know, look, I'm, 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 I'm raising three, three young kids right now. And for me, it's just all about what lessons can I impart on them? I just see this, um, this, this, this just, just steadfast rigidity in, in it's sort of, it's my way or the highway and I will not bend. And this, these are my opinions and fuck you if you think different. And I, you know, like I, I really, it's like, that's pretty weak. I think it, 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 you know, I know that's like a projection of strength, but, uh, you know, if you really believe in what you, you, you have to say, you can sit down with somebody you think's completely different and realize you might learn something there and you have the ability to both help them come to a different understanding and you might learn something. And I just don't know, I, I don't know how to sort of bridge that, that, that gap. It's, it's, it's definitely a sign of weakness. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know. Insecurity. Insecurity, yeah. weakness, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. I, I, but again, it, it, I think it's a journey that people have to take. And I think it starts with really kind of doing a deep dive into your, into your own shit, right? What is preventing you from taking that next step forward? And one of the things that I, I recommend to people is to just listen, right? Having sort of an intimacy or an understanding of violence and understanding, uh, ha having some real sort of uh, fluency in that and, and, and real experience in that, um, do you think that that is necessary in terms of being sort of a confident and um, humble and uh, forward moving? No. No? No, I, 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 you know, it certainly can play a factor in for people like Mark and myself mm -hmm. in our lives, um, but hardship. I, I, I just look at it like hardship. We can. There's so many people that he's served in the communities he's served, and certainly I've served in in the fire department, uh, where you know they're they're conditioned, unfortunately, by circumstance, you know, in the socioeconomic uh, situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so much beauty that that sprouts from hardship too. It's, you know, you, you've got to be able to take the lessons that life has thrust upon you um, or or your work has thrust upon you and grow and learn from that um, and, and take the opportunity to learn from failure. Um, I've, I've worked in organizations where, you know, um, unfortunately, sometimes the ego um, overrides a sense of, a higher duty where, oh, you know, this, this person or these group of people made this mistake, right? Uh, and it's, and it's serious and it's significant. Um, and without, without a culture like the military where I've had, whereas if you make mistakes in the military, that goes in an after action report that is for everyone to learn from. So nobody else makes that same mistake in the civilian world is just a little bit different. Um, you know, I mean, it's, we don't have to get too deep into, you know, unions and all this other stuff, but we have to be able to say, look, this person made this mistake. We want him to be better. We want everyone around him or her to be better. Uh, and we want this organization to grow from that. And I think culturally from, from my, from my perspective, we're changing. We're slowly growing out of that. We're, we're bound to make mistakes, right? That's, that's also because our jobs are difficult. There's a lot of hardship and hardships in our jobs, mm -hmm. right? Um, and there's there's certain things you're going to be good at, and there's certain things that you're just going to be thrust into a situation where you're going to have to figure it out. You're just going to have to navigate it and make the best judgment you possibly can because 
you've never been on a call like this. You've never been in a situation like this. And you, you know, you're thinking about the safety of everyone while all of this is going on. And then you take that home, right? There's just certain things that are, are heavy or are, are heavier. Um, and we all process things differently, but um, that adds to the element of hardship. Mm -hmm. Well, again, you know, take pause. And, you know, Mark was talking about being mindful is like, how did this affect our performance? How did this affect my crew individually? Um, how do we navigate this now? How do we grow from this? Hey, I can appreciate failure. I can. I have failed en enough in my life where it's like, hey, let's look at like what went wrong and when did it start to go wrong? As opposed to, you know, the Salem Witch Trails, let's burn everybody down, <laughs> right? Um, so that's that's kind of my, my take on um, violence versus hardship. Right, right. Yeah, I think the bigger piece is that the, the individual's ability, resilience to recover, right? Are you gonna go in the tank or or you're gonna get back up off the floor, right? That's the challenge uh, that, you know, anytime you're working with folks or you're mentoring them, uh, you, there's, there's a balance between uh, patting them on the ass and then kicking them in the ass. Yep. You, you gotta push people. Yep. My biggest push as I, as I work with, with people is, it's, it's really uh, different training that I'm putting on and they're attending, but it's, it's really uh, leadership development disguised as hostage rescue. <laughs> Got it. But I'm really, everything is at the core, it's about leadership. Got it. Um, so, you know, I've been married, my, my wife, uh, we've married about seven years. And this is a woman that's changed my life. It's selfless. Um, it's always about doing for others. And, you know, I subscribed to that along the way, especially at work. I was more than happy to stick my neck out for people and, and take care of my team members and, and whatever it took. But I really wasn't honest about who I was as a man. Does that How make so? sense? Um, not making the best decisions along the way, not being mentally present, uh, sometimes not being physically present. And there was a selfish side to me that, uh, that I justified my absence because uh, I'm out doing the Lord's work, so to speak. Right. But, but uh, over time, I started to realize, you know what? There's a level of commitment in my personal life, uh, not with my friends, you know, guys, you know how that works with your buddies. That's a different uh, connection. But, but really connecting to somebody and committing to, uh, you know, being not only responsible for yourself, but responsible for them. And, and, and really leading as a, as a father, right? That, uh, that's the second chance that I've been given. So that is... It's awesome. Man. That's awesome, man. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. When you talk about, you know, getting a little bit of time also for yourself and taking care of yourself, sneaking that rest in, I know you, you know, you did just get back from this uh, trip. And I know that, you know, when I'm talking to Trace, you, you know, she sort of explained it and you've kind of explained it that, you know, sometimes you like you you're not a guy like this motherfucker ain't going to the Barbados and like drinking a, a drink with like a fucking umbrella. Like when you go on a trip, it's like like the, you, you there's still this. I don't know what the word is that the, the animal in you or the monster in you, whatever it is. And I feel like is that what these sort of 
vacations or I don't even know you, no. these these trips that you go like what, what what are they and like what what do they do for you well my, my lifelong dream I just went to Tanzania and it was a walking safari so there's only a couple um you know companies out in uh in the Serengeti that allow you to walk across the Serengeti with guides so you walk with a, a park ranger by law and then you walk through a guide who's been who's been trained by the state and they're both carrying rifles and my buddy uh, and myself and his wife um, were gonna go on this 100 mile walking tour. And every night you camp in like little tents, um, it, but um, no roads. You're, you do have some support with the, you know, the, the safari um, company that basically sets up camp for you at certain locations, but you're in it. You're, you're, you're in this place that um, just demands respect and you're on this amazing parcel of land that's incredibly beautiful but these massive creatures that are there um, you know that are so powerful um, just put you in awe and you're you're there on their terms you're a guest so to have those experiences amongst the lions hyenas elephants and buffalo and uh, you know is it was incredible. You learn a lot about animal behavior. You learn how to navigate the land with the guides, take pause, take a break, observe animal behavior, um, get as close as you can. So we're always walking upwind. And and then from there, we went to Zanzibar and spearfished in the deep blue ocean. And you know, you're, you're around big creatures there too. And it's calculated risk, but you know, you also have to understand that you're comfortable in those environments and you put the trust in yourself and the people that are around you you're gonna have an amazing time right so it's just a, it's just a beautiful experience love it are you are you buying that response <laughs> I, mean, really? I don't know what do you think man <clears throat> well i i think it you know <laughs> knowing kevin it's it's it is about the risk it's about seeking that risk mm -hmm. it's about managing fear mm -hmm. right and it, it's a test <laughs> I mean, all those things may be true, and it was eloquently put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality yeah. is, I mean, what'd you do before that? Did you take a swim somewhere? Oh, yeah, I swam Alcatraz. You swam Alcatraz, that's right. <laughs> Where all the sharks are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> it's calculated. And what is that? What, what, what leads you to swim Alcatraz? Well, uh, a buddy of mine called me from uh, the SEAL teams. He said, hey, um, there's a family that has really supported different veteran organizations. Um, the family would love to swim Alcatraz. Would you mind swimming it with them? We'll have a few guys from the teams to support them. This is something that they want to do. Nice. So it was our way of, of supporting them and, and saying thank you. It, it, it just comedy it sometimes because you it's murky, it's choppy, it's you know it's cold water, and yeah. you're like you know who's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and you run the gauntlet, so to speak. And then there were about 12 sea lions that started to swim Fuck. around us for about 10 minutes. Is that just, better or worse? And you're like, well, I mean, they'll, 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 I mean, the sharks will eat the sea lions, yeah, right? They're, or like, they're laughing. No, the sea lions are laughing at us. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Yeah, you can right. fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> you slow, awkward, whatever you are, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was in the end. It was. It's you know you you're ex you have a feeling of exhilaration when you're done, and uh, and then you know 
just for the, for the sake of that family and everything that they've committed to these veterans organizations. It was, again, it's just a big thank you for them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it was good. You do, uh, what, what do you do? What do you do to unwind? Do you, what, you got any? Uh, you know what, I'm the, I'm the guy, if I'm gonna get away, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to wherever, yeah. and I'm gonna sit by the pool. Chill the fuck out. Uh, and chill out. I yeah. stopped drinking about a year and a half ago, for so. Right uh, on. That's really not, uh, I'm not sitting around drinking, but for, for, for a guy like me, you know, the hamster's always tearing up. Yep. You know what I mean? It's it's always churning. So um, for me, I had a lot of anxiety because my, my brain was always, you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Uh, you know, constant problem solving and, and, and trying to work for something. You know, what else is out there to do uh, within the given field? But, you know, for me, it's just really slowing down. And, slowing down. Uh, and just be honest with you, John, just spending more time with, with the family. Beautiful. I think that's the beauty of what's happened, you know, the last couple of years. It's it's really brought people back home and uh, hopefully readjusted their priorities. Be there for your family. It is number, your number one priority. Uh, and make that sacrifice and quit making excuses yep. for your bullshit. Yep. Uh, then you become a fucking man. That's it. And, and then you start to look at things a lot different and, and you start enjoying your life. That's it. Um, absent that, you know, what, what's the point? What are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? And I, I got a question for you, John. Please, man. It's something like, it goes back to a conversation we had many years ago okay. when, when you talked about your training, mm -hmm. when you went to Moscow mm -hmm. and you, you studied uh, performance art under a certain style. Mm -hmm. uh, you come back to the United States and one of your mentors and one of your teachers, when we when we talk about hardship and we talk about sacrifice, mm -hmm. you know, warned you very early on in your career, like be careful of how much you give to your character, mm -hmm. right? Because where's John Bernthal in the end of your this long career? It's stripping away at, at you each each commitment you make to another human being, right? And and certainly we've talked about the complexities of. Of, of our jobs and, and what we're reserving for when we come home is like, how do you navigate that? You know, there was a time, I think especially after we worked together, uh, you know, in England on Fury. Yeah, I just went back to England to promote this new movie. And it was crazy, man. Just just even like kind of like being there, I, I, I you know, it's, I, I think for a while I, I started to worry about how how much I was going in and, and, and sort of would I be able to really be present there for my family and my friends and my life when it was over and how, you know, who, who am I? Am I am I staying in this one? But I, but I've come to this conclusion, man, that I'm never not going to work that way. That you know, the 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 bottom line is that I'm I'm putting you know my kids' names on the 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 job that I'm doing, and and this job is taking me away from my kids. So I'm going to go in as fully. Uh, there's no stone I'm going to leave unturned. I'm never going to make you know nothing lazy. Like if there's work to do, go fucking do it, a hundred percent. And so I'm going to work that way. But what I've come to sort of find is that you know I get to meet these fucking amazing people, and I get to like learn these unbelievable skills. And 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 look, I, I love actors and I love the business, but it's the it's the folks that I get to meet in in those worlds. And you walk away with these French. I mean, look, man, we've we've been friends now for it's been a long time, man. And like you know, I trust you. You know, like I know who you are. I know who your family is. Like, and I look again, like in Baltimore, these relationships that I made, these the the, the communities that I got to go and the experiences that I got to have, um, 
Yeah, man, they, they like really, really fucking changed me. Um, and so, they're, they're, and the first thing I said to you guys when I started, there's a cost, you know? I was not, you know, I missed a couple of jujitsu tournaments, you know, missed a whole heck of a lot of games. So a lot of nights, you know, my, my wife is driving everybody around, you know, and, 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 and doing all the cooking and all the cleaning and that's wearing on her. Like I yeah, get the that there's lifting. the heavy fucking lifting so I can go out there and, you know, be Mr. Pretend asshole, you know, but the, 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 the bottom line is just, I think just as long as you, you kind of keep those in mind the whole time, you never lose sight of, of the truth of what's actually going on. You know, when you're when you're in a certain business, like even yours, man, you're, you're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you got a film, you got this project, you're yep. gone. And, and, and there's such a balance uh, that, that has to happen, you know, and then at the end of the day, you, you provide the best foundation for your kids and then they walk out the door and then you just, uh, you know, pray if you will, right? Yeah, there's a duality, right? <laughs> it's like there's a mindset you need to have at work that you need to shift away from so that you can be at home and you can be that dad and you can be that husband and be present, be aware and pour that energy because, it's shifting gears when you go back to work. It's like, all right, I, I, those things do not line up, right? I've got to be this other, this other being right, right now, for the sake, for the sake of everyone around you, um, and the community as well. And you talked. I remember like you were saying that sort of about military, about that thing that you had to kind of like, when you would deploy and you'd go overseas, you would sort of have to become. Well, I mean, was it becoming this other person? Was it? No, no. I would just, you know, there's a very, you're, when you're overseas, um, the way I, the way I describe it and deconstructed it was, I looked at it like you're in these hyper states of awareness, hyper vigilant, and at times hyper aggressive. Um, your, your brain is going to operate at a certain level, right? And two weeks before you deploy, you're already shifting gears. And when you come home, there's no light switch sure. to just turn off, right? There's there's a process um, that your brain certainly has to adapt to this very permissive, you know, homeostatic environment at, at home. And you're like, I'm <laughs> trying to navigate that, yeah. right? Like, like so many um, hundreds of thousands of people uh, have. So, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's really, knowing knowing yourself right it's like how how do i get back to this without maintaining that long term and right. and again for me the way i looked at it was this mindset serves a purpose in this environment right. but that's not the complete me right so for the complete human being what do i need to do or how do i fulfill myself or engage in certain uh, activities or ha have certain experiences to continue to enrich the complete human being um and it's a it's a lifelong process and, right and you you fail right you fail fucking you, it you, right and then and, you're like you you bring some of that home you're like yo dude i just brought some right. of that home but i guess like in 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 all your deployments going down the road yeah. did, did it get easier or harder were each one different was it, like to, to slip back in or to slip no, out I, i'd say you know with maturity and age and time you you it definitely gets easier um, you have a better idea of who you are as a human being and but you've already messed up along the way sure. you know your your hyper aggression does not apply to society here yeah, 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 right yeah, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> you know that that spills over yeah. right and your tolerance even if it's road rage or whatever it is is like whoa like where did that come from? That come from like i need to put that in check um i need to really slow down here um i'm all out of sorts and 
Um, you know, I, I, again, I've been in the beneficiary of being around people, you know, who have honest conversations and, and my former colleagues and teammates who are on both coasts and all over the country who are engaged in, and still taking care of one another, checking up on one another. How are you doing? Hey, what programs? I got a guy that needs some help. Yep. Um, you know, what programs are available? And there's these great organizations uh, out there today that are, you know, again, helping uh, to steer um, the human behavior back to what can be considered, I don't want to say normal, but healthier. Healthy, but in this, but what can you offer then for folks who are in, are in you know, this, this, this line of work, yeah. who go into that every single day and yeah. they got to come out of it every single day. And I mean, that was one thing I was definitely seeing a ton in Baltimore. It's like, and, 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 and again, me under the umbrella of safety, a guy who fucking puts on makeup and says lives for a living. You know, I wound up, I was either with them or I was at the bar with them. After, I mean, that, when they get off their shift, they're at the bar to get, they just want to be together. And that, that so a lot of times it was like, I just can't go home right now because I can't bring this home. How was that for you? And, 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 and what do you think? What, what do you think we can do there? Because that's that's just a huge stressor for that job. You, it's it's you know it's every day. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we all fell into that. I I mean, you know, we're talking about being away from home, but it's not just about on the work. You know, you got court the next day, so you go out and have a couple cocktails. You're sleeping at the station. You're getting you're getting up, and you're 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 you are medicating. Think about it. A lot of these cats that are retired cops, military dudes. Uh, you know, they fall into that pattern of, of just getting liquored up, trying to suppress all the, the nonsense. I, I, one of the things that I've really seen over time, and this is for me the last five, 10 years, we're having conversations. Cops never talked about shit, right? You know, they put up that protective, you know, or they use humor, yeah, right? Humor. We, we laugh, laugh in situations it, where yeah. we got somebody who's deceased over there, but you and I are having a hamburger talking about whatever and people look at that and go oh that's morbid well it's a defense mechanism it's actually and it can be at times extraordinarily compassionate and and inhuman you oh know, yeah somebody yeah but bring but somebody through that the challenge is that you can't you have to be able to emotionally detach in the moment uh your ability to detach under stress or uh, fear or as you manage fear uh you can't get caught up in the emotion of it uh, not everybody can do that. Like you talked about guys that are cool, calm, and collective, right? You can tell, they've been there, they've done that, they've walked that walk, but they're so composed about it. Uh, that's a unique characteristic that not everybody has. But, but ultimately, um, yeah, there's this, there's this protection that we form around each other, that's why we kind of hang out together, yeah. we talk shop together. I actually tell folks, you know, meet other people. Get away from just hanging out with you know your military yeah, buddies sure, or your cop buddies sure. uh it does two things one it, it gives it gives other people uh these relationships that you build it might be anything it gives you a better them a better understanding of who you are because what what do we know about cops so that's the guy that pulled me over gave me a ticket you know writing a ticket was the last thing on my mind in my 30 <laughs> years it, it just wasn't uh yeah wasn't something that I did, yeah. uh, but it didn't require me to do it depending on where I worked. Uh, there was no, oh, you go out and write tickets. But uh, I, I think we need to really have more conversations about some of the things internally 
that is, that is really creating havoc in our lives. Even if it's just a bunch of cops talking about this stuff where people know, hey, it's okay, dude, to, to let it go, to have a conversation about whatever's bothering you in your life. And I think it's vastly important that as leaders that we get to know each other sitting across the room. You know, we have a tendency to, okay, go do your job, and if you fuck up, I'm gonna write you up. But, but I don't know that this guy's going through a divorce. I don't know he's going through this problem or she has this issue because I'm really not taking the time to invest in those people because it's a lot of work. It's on, off duty. It's, yep. it, it, it's, a, it, it just, it's a lifestyle, so to speak, yep. that, that leadership piece. Yep. Uh, I think we're getting better at that. And some of the events that have happened over the last couple of years have, have really brought us closer in a sense where we have to start looking at it. Okay, how can we do things better? How can we improve? Uh, you know, sometimes it's not what we're doing, it's the manner in which we execute it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you spent a, a big portion of your time sort of targeting kind of like the, the most, you, like going, at, going after like, high, what, how would you describe it? Like high violent or? Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever you want to describe it, uh, tier one criminals, you know, people at the top of the food chain that are, that are probably the most dangerous folks. And so, and so in pursuing those kinds of folks, those are folks who basically, if you're going after those guys, those guys are most likely they're, they're not, they don't want to go to jail. Like, how, how would you describe a tier one criminal? You know, that's a funny question because, uh, you know, asking me what, what, is the, what is the drive? What's, what is the drive for you to do what you do? And, and I can articulate it to some degree, but until you walk in that shoes, until I've been in his shoes, uh, it, it's difficult to really know. But, but we do know uh, that most of the folks who are out there, they, they, they have this, this calling for service. Uh, they're willing to put themselves at risk. They're not perfect. They're just like any other person, their neighbor. Uh, you know, what drives certain people to go out and do these crimes? I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I will tell you, um, that when you get most of these folks by themselves, they're cowards. You know, they really are, a lot of them. Now, I'm not saying there's, there's not people out there that, that are, that I believe when they tell me something, I go, well, I believe you. There, there's something about the individual where you go, that's the real deal standing in front of you. That person's of concern, right? Uh, but for me, it's just, it, it's just a business. It's like, here's my job, here's your job. Right, right, right. And it is, goes kind of back to the old cops and robbers. And so it's not personal in the way that I go about it. It's strictly business. And when you're pursuing a tier one criminal, do you, did you find yourself at times having compassion for those people? Or do you look at them as, do you look at them as me versus you at all costs? Like, I actually don't, I, I don't, I, I look at it more of a strategic problem. Um, I, I don't really think about police work or SWAT or any of these other units uh, about physical things. Uh, it's not the physical aspect of, of the job. It's, it's really what's going on between the ears and it's, it's really strategic problem solving. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, how do I go arrest this guy? Uh, what's the best environment to do it? Is it on his terms, my terms? Uh, what's the patient? What's the resources? Uh, I don't necessarily treat them any more uh, of concern because sometimes the unknown is your bigger concern. Does that make sense? Sure. Of course. So for, for me, it was just more of a business. Let's go out and arrest these folks. And you have to remove the emotional side of it. 
because you know if you're going after if you're going to arrest somebody that's wanted for child molestation or a rapist that's hard to deal with you know you, you want to you know give them your own form of punishment sure. right but you can't so you, you it, it, it's really more of a professional mindset as you get older you understand it because what it's what's at risk uh, my family our future the organization my partners so I think it's a professional approach. Do you have to have the ability to put yourself at risk and really get into the trenches and take that fight head on? Absolutely. It's got to be in you. Uh, if you don't, you're putting yourself really at tremendous risk mm -hmm. if you're working in these environments that we're talking about. Um, but most of the time, most of the time, it's it's 16 hours of wait and about 15 seconds of excitement and then it's it's hopefully done. It's something that you talked about a little while ago in one of our conversations too, Mark, is you talked about, um, you know, young officers, kind of like old bull, young bull, and their aggressiveness, their default to say, let's go get them, yeah. right? And, and kind of getting caught up in that mindset. And, you know, I'll never forget when you told me, it's like, hey, look, slow down. Like, it's their job to run. Yeah. It's our job to catch them, Yeah, you know? Yeah, a friend of mine uh, made that comment years ago. She says, hey, if they don't run, you don't get to chase. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the, again, the, there, there's a little boy in these cops, right? They grow up, cops and robbers, and they, they see this. And, uh, you know, the excitement, there, there's a level of excitement that, uh, that, is, uh, that drives you, right? If you're working in those environments. Uh, but like what Kevin said, you got to put it in perspective. I think that one of the biggest things that, that I challenge folks to do in the business now is, is just to just to detach and stop for a moment. When you think you're going to reach out and grab something, just pull back and say, okay, is this the right thing to do? Is right. it the right time to do it? Right. And just kind of re-gear yourself a little bit because you can get caught up in the emotion, right? You're in a fight. You just want to get that one more lump in or whatever. Uh, and, and probably a big pressure to try to prove yourself to the other guy. Be like, yo, I'm down for this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a currency in that, right? For, say, for, for saying you're willing to engage, you, you know, jump into the fight. Oh, yeah. As a, as a young cop on the street, man, the shit that I did when I was young, I'm like, holy shit. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I'm actually here because you do a lot of really aggressive things. You know, you make a stop, you got four deep in a car. They're all gangsters. You don't want to call for backup. It's one in the morning. So you start pulling them out one by one, put them in the back seat of your car behind a cage, right? And then you pull three guns out of the car. Now, <laughs> you look back today and go, well, that probably wasn't smart. Maybe right. just uh, they didn't want to kill me on that given day. Could they? Absolutely. Sure. But uh, you get smarter, you know, you get smarter about how you approach things. Uh, and really just how you look at the job itself. And I think the ones that are able to make that transition and like he said, there's a sense of maturity and growth, right? Because you do feel uh, there's an element you gotta prove yourself. You know, you, you can pack your butt, so to speak. But, but a lot of that's ego driven. Sure. You know, once you really kind of mature in the job and you have a pretty good perspective. But do you feel like you need, do, do you feel, it kind of goes back to my last question. Do you feel like you, you and, and maybe this goes back to the training thing 
you know, like, look, if you, again, speaking out of turn a little bit, but if, if, if you've gone through, if, if your boots are on the ground as a Navy SEAL, you've already proven that, that, that you've already proven a lot to everybody else around you. Do you feel like you can say that because you've already, everybody knows who you are and what you've done, who's, who's around you? I mean, do you feel like you can take a step back and do you feel like you can, you can really kind of exercise that if, 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 if you haven't already proven yourself? I think that uh, the idea of you got to go out and prove yourself, I, I think it's, it, it, it's a fallacy. It's dangerous. I, I think if you're, if you're a good street cop or you're a good fireman or whatever, uh, it's, a, it's consistent, right? It's consistent. There's a pattern practice of behavior. And, you know, you've reached the pinnacle of your career when, when your peers see you as such, not because you see, uh, you know, I'm at this level. But again, I, I, it goes back to a maturity level that it's a process because out the gate, you do feel that way. The problem with that mindset is, is that you're going to get yourself into more shit yeah. than you need to be in. Yeah. So it's really yeah. stepping back. And today, in today's society, I mean, think about it in the 90s. You know, when I walked into court, I raised my hand. I was believable. And then we had Rodney King, O.J. Simpson, you know, that stuff. And then it was really the credibility started to go out the window. And now the technology, uh, these cops that are walking around, they're, they're body mic'd up now. Uh, they're on camera every minute. So they have a much bigger challenge, their ability to control their emotions and recognize the emotions in other people as they're trying to solve whatever the problem is. It, it, it's a feat. It's a feat because if they make a mistake, what then? You know, what's going to happen to them? I think a lot of them are concerned about it. But my advice is that we all have a, a moral compass. There you go. And if it's pointing in the right direction, you're going to be good to go. Straight up. And, and that's how you need to think about it. Otherwise, uh, the job is just going to eat you alive. And you're going to end up uh, like a lot of cops uh, in the bottle and then not, not lasting uh, very long after that. Well, it's, I, you know, throughout history, there's plenty of examples of, of violence and, and history's ripe with it. And, and civil discord, it's, it is a reality of society that people at times can be irrational, they can be intractable. Let's observe that, like let's, this is a reality. Mm -hmm. Let's see this for what it is. There, there are going to be these things that surface in society unless we address them and have honest conversations uh, that are solution oriented. And we're just not doing that right now. And that's why, you know, that's why I just, love this opportunity to be able to sit down with you and, and certainly have these conversations with Mark private and otherwise that you know I, I don't I don't believe that the the moderate uh, folks that want to fix things are holding the microphone right now it, because it's again it's about advertising dollars in the end so uh, you know it's it's vitally important that you continue on your mission um, to, to serve that purpose and get into these conversations with people from all walks of life um, so that we so that we can have a, a larger conversation about how, yes, we're a great nation, we're a young nation, and uh, we're, we're very, very susceptible right now, but, um, you know, our jobs are like, how do we fix that? Right. Uh, okay, let's go fix it, let's go step in. Let's have, let's have some really dark and or uncomfortable conversations and address these issues because if we don't fix it, then, you know, then the consequences are, are far more severe and we just continue the cycle. There's a great example um, 
I don't think I shared with you, but right after, unfortunately, George Floyd was killed, um, I came home from work and I'd been gone a couple days and I came home to my wife who was in tears. I'm talking about like, like deep sadness. I said, what's going on? And she said, they stole it. And I was like, what are you talking about, babe? She's like, they stole it. They stole it again and they're going to continue to steal it. And I was, I was like, what is she talking about? Well, after George Floyd was killed, there was a worldwide reaction. There were hundreds of thousands of people in Stockholm, London, Paris, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. That peaceful protest was an agent for change, for a larger conversation, right? And as soon as the riots hit in Los Angeles, where did the cameras go? We're talking about a couple hundred people compared to hundreds of thousands sure. of people sure. worldwide. And she knew it. She knew once the cameras pivoted to go for ratings and go after a couple bad actors in society, that that's what it became, that that's what these protests became. It became this right, this uh, this act of rioting and, and, and destruction. And she just she was so upset because she's like, we had so much momentum. Um, and not to, not that I think that it, it needs to be clarified, but my wife is is black, um, and being privy to a lot of conversations at family gatherings and having a, a little bit deeper understanding of the issues um, that multiple generations have gone through uh, throughout time, um, I just have a uh, a deeper sense of conviction when it comes to to issues like that. Yeah, I, I just to kind of cap on that, I think that there's a lot of confusion, right? When you ask people, you know, they might say, hey, I stand for this, I stand for that. And the simple question is why? And that's the challenge. So a lot of folks are just what they read, you know, what news feed, they, they form these opinions. And, and I know most of the time, uh, if I'm going to review a critical incident like an officer-involved shooting, uh, the, the shooting itself is important, but I need to go way back here to figure out how it all started, right? We don't really get that picture. And, you know, depending on what camp you're in, if you put yourself in a camp, uh, you know, you're influenced by the people that are speaking the loudest. Um, I, I think people just need to do their homework. They need to figure out what's important in their lives. And I, I do think that we will get through this uh, but it's challenges as a country. I mean, this this social experience called democracy is uh, is being tested. Uh, and how do you define that? Um, we can go on and on about uh, what's worked and what's not happened, what hasn't worked, and it's it's subjective, right? How do I feel about? It? How much knowledge do I have about it? Uh, but some of the basic things where we can look at a situation and we can say, you know what, as humans, that's not right. You know, why is that person lying to me standing on that stage when we see something different? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I do believe that uh, that uh, having the ability to defend yourself uh, in your home, your family, uh, whatever it is, I think that that's an important right. We shouldn't uh, we should never give up. And I think most people that really understand responsible gun ownership uh, will parrot that. I think the takeaway for most Americans now is, you know, we collectively have to take ownership 
uh, in our own personal lives, yeah. take responsibility for our own lives, uh, accountability, and and work together to uh, to improve our situation. I, I think that that's where we're going to get. I think innately that's that's this country, and I think that's why people want to come here. Absolutely. So, but and, and as far as like the two camps, I mean, do you think that the answer is you've got to say I'm not in a camp? Because I mean, like, if you're letting your camp sort of like dictate your opinion on things, well, that I would say that you're respectfully a weak-minded individual. You know, I'm not going to be led around by any particular group. Right. I have to go out and do the work. I right. got to, I got to figure out things myself. But also, I have to, I got to surround myself with the right people. Absolutely. You know, the people you surround yourself with uh, is so important. Uh, you know, you can either be led astray. Right. Or you can be like Kevin said, somebody reaches out and grabs you by the shirt and say, uh, hold on a sec, dummy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's let's think through this one. Sure. Sure. Um, but I think at the end of this, I, I hopefully we, we learn a lot from it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, sitting back on that couch, John, seeing the stuff that was going on downrange in the cities. And I I talked to cops in, in different cities that this stuff was happening and the stuff that was being done at night the violence and the targeting of general ordinary, ordinary citizens yep. by criminal elements, yep. uh, we ignored it. Yep. And that was hard to watch. Yep. Now, most people never heard about it because it wasn't on their newsfeed yep. or on the channel they're watching. But people in my industry, we, we understood what was going on uh, and it was tough to watch. You know, the, the defender in me wanted to put a team together and say, okay, let's take a road trip. Of course. But, but that wasn't gonna solve the problem. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to all unfold, but I, I think uh, collectively we got to figure out what's important uh, in our lives, and, and we got to push for that, and we got to fight for it as yeah. well, yeah. Uh, whatever that means. Yeah. You know, look, man. I, you know, it, it's so awesome that you're here, and I, you know, I obviously like any friend of Kevin's a friend of mine, but there's there's like a. Re I just really fundamentally believe that it's 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 guys like yourselves that can really you know you guys are those kinds of leaders and 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 I also feel like similarly how we were just talking about policing I think I think folks really will listen to folks like yourself because you guys have walked the walk and and because you guys aren't sitting here just preaching a bunch of sort of party lines or like ascribing no. to anything you're exactly who you are you believe in what you believe in but I also think sometimes the conversation needs to be a little bit difficult. We need to have these conversations. I mean, real conversations. Um, and it doesn't mean picking apart. I think a good conversation is when I'm able to articulate Kevin's position after he presents it. That means I'm listening, right? I'm taking it in. Uh, I'm not battling with that old information in my head where my ego is not allow that new information to come in. Uh, but also too, it's 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 really about being truthful and, and where where is the truth? Who really knows? Where does it lie? But at least if we put it all out on the table, then it's up to me to figure out uh, what my takeaways are. Mm -hmm. And it can be really that simple, but there's powers to be, uh, in my opinion, that are preventing that. They're they're talking for a larger group of society, but I really don't think that that's what people believe. I think people sitting at this table, the conversations that we're having about uh, even even the folks sitting around here, they're reflecting back in their own lives and they're thinking about, you know what? It isn't about that. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not gonna come across individuals in our life 
uh, that do us wrong or do us dirty, but we can't lump all these people together, right? Well, this is, a, you know, they're on the left. These people are on the far right. And, you know, I really think the two groups that have their shit together or, or that if you were talking about two parties is that the moderate Republican and the <laughs> exactly. moderate Democrat, yeah. these, this group right here is going to save us from ourselves. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that's where we go with this. Yeah. Because the two extremes, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's a, a positive outcome either way. That's, that's as much politics as I want to talk. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair, I'm with you on that, man. Fair enough. Uh, thanks, fellas. Mm. I really appreciate that. Thank you, bro. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks for being here, everybody. I really appreciate it. If you dug what you saw and you want to hear more, subscribe, like, do all that stuff. Uh, it'd mean a lot to us. I hope you dig these episodes as much as we dig doing them. You guys take care of yourself.